we take very seriously those words read from 1 Corinthians 12. We are a body, and we all affect each other and have impact on each other. Back in November, we had you guys fill out a survey, and thank you for doing that. Uh, I think we got 100-plus responses to that, and that was really helpful because we wanted to hear from you, the body. And so we took more than 24 hours to get out of town as an elder board and to hash these things through, to hear from you, to say, okay, Lord, how would you have us respond to these things? And how would you have us you know, engage our body of Christ here at Berean about these issues? And so today is the day. We, it didn't just end up out in some, you know, ether. It's, it's back. The, the elders, the lay elders are going to respond to that today. And typically I would be proclaiming a message from God's Word. And you know, what we're going to say is going to be anchored in God's uh, Scripture today. However, I'm in a very unique position because I know what they're going to say. We've talked about it. We've, we've engaged each other about this, and I'm in agreement with what they're going to say. And so, elders, will you come on up here and, and get ready for this? But, you know, this was originally going to be a fifth family faith Sunday. And we realized what we were presenting, and we realized for kids that are ages four through first grade, this is going to be as about as interesting as watching paint dry. And so, since I'm like Captain Kirk, I should be able to operate every part of the ship, I'm going to be doing children's church today and engaging those kids. And we're going to be talking about, no, get out of here. We're going to be talking about how God says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So be, uh, be in prayer for what God wants to impart to hearts today. But let me pray for us, and then I'll hand it over to our very capable lay elders this morning. So, indeed, Lord Jesus, this is your body. And would you help us to hear from you, our head? And would you help us, Lord, to uh, be sensitive to one another, but ultimately help us to walk in a manner that pleases you and that honors you and does what you want us to do as being the body of Christ, being a people that are so in love with you that we pursue you above everything. Lord, that we're preparing people for the next step of serving you. And we pray for Justin and Jamie Long as they're heading out even now, and they're in flights in over uh, the Pacific, I suspect. And Lord, um, would you help us to proclaim the good news that everyone needs to hear, that Jesus is Savior to all. Would you save some through our proclamation? So, Lord, be glorified in your body. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen and amen. Children ages 4 through 1st grade can follow me out the north door. That ought to be interesting. Good luck. <laughs> All right, good morning, everyone. So, as Nathan mentioned... Uh, we elders are going to take the sermon time to talk about some of the results of the survey and some of the process we went through to get to this moment. Um, 
I think it's important to realize or to mention that we realize that we all come to this conversation from different viewpoints, right? We have different opinions, different perspectives. We have different thoughts about what we do or how to uh, implement some of the changes and whatnot, which is why we thought it was important enough to actually come to you and share some of the results and some of the next steps that we're thinking about. Um, so kind of what it's going to look like today, I'm going to share kind of a high-level overview of some of the process uh, an introduction to um, just our process going through this. John Downer is going to take it and he's going to share some more details of actually what the survey showed. Uh, and then Jim and Darren are going to show, uh, are going to share with us a little bit more of the practical steps going forward for uh, the body as well as us individually uh, going forward. So, so going back, uh, as you recall, we asked for 100 respondents uh, to the survey we got exactly 100 uh, responses to the survey. So thank you to everyone that took time to share your thoughts and opinions. But I also don't want to glaze over the fact that we need to recognize that God is meeting us through this, right? I don't think this is just a coincidence, right? We ask for 100 and we get exactly 100. I think we need to look for God in the details and uh, thank you, God, for providing like this. Um, at the elder retreat that Nathan mentioned, we did, we did talk about the survey. We talked about the survey results, but I think it's important for all of you to understand the perspective that we as elders went into that conversation with, right? So we enter that conversation in the devotional context of John 15, 1 through 8. And I'm going to read it for you. It's the parable of uh, the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches." You remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. So just really great words, really great perspective as we go into uh, such a discussion. Um, in the survey results, we evaluated how the different ministry areas, how they're adhering to uh, uh, being connected to the vine and how the body is being served so that these various ministry areas could continue to bear fruit. But it's also important to remember some additional considerations that we, um, that we used as we went through our discussion. Uh, if you remember, at Christmas time, Neil shared uh, from Bonhoeffer's book, uh, talking about not letting the desire to have wish dreams become reality, to have that be a bigger desire than just seeking out being in community with each other, right? That's all of us here this morning, worshiping together, right? And our heart and, and intent going through the survey process was not to build the perfect utopian church, 
right? Part of it, that's really hard to do because as we go through the survey results, John will get a little bit more into the detail, but we saw, maybe it's not your wish dream, but, but personal preferences that are on complete other ends of the perspective. So for example, in the music area, we had some folks, not kidding, that did say, I want the drums to be a little quieter. And I thank you for that perspective. But we also had people that said, I want the drums to be louder. And I understand that was probably Bobby that shared that. But, <laughs> but that's okay, right? But it's just an example of two different people that show up on a Sunday morning and what they really want to see happen is a little bit different, right? Uh, for example, also in music, again, not, not picking on anything. Some people say... I really want to have more hymns, traditional hymns on a Sunday morning. Some people say, I really want to have more new music uh, presented every Sunday morning. So, and again, all good options. I think there's a lot of grace in, in the middle. Uh, but again, just an example of how things can be a little bit different or what that perfect ideal is uh, for everyone. Um, you know, as we look at that, we think there's enough common ground in all of these issues. We looked for those common themes as we went through the responses. So we can help serve and we can help worship together better for all of us, right? But I think it's so important to remember that Christ is where our unity is, right? That is our one ultimate unification factor. The rest, really secondary issues, right? I mean, importance, right? I know Bobby wants his loud drums, but it's about Christ, right? Um, it's important to remember this is a big tent church. And what do I mean by that? Everybody in this congregation comes probably from some different kind of church background. Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic, Protestant. All of those churches have different church traditions, right? And it's going to look and feel a little bit different here at Berean. We'll do some of it, but it's probably going to be a little different than what all of us have maybe done as we were growing up. We also, uh, as an elder board, as part of this conversation, we spent time reviewing historical trends, current recent trends in giving and attendance. We also discussed the continuing impact of COVID and how that has changed our lives and what used to be normal habits and what that looks like uh, and how it affects our routines of getting together now. But at the end of the day, I'll encourage, us, uh, encourage all of us that we should remember we are all imperfect people right? But we get together on a Sunday morning, and we get to worship a perfect God. And when we see our brother or sister that has a different thought or opinion of maybe exactly what it should look like on a Sunday morning, right? May we have grace. Maybe we extend grace to that brother or sister. Maybe it's just not on a preference item. Maybe it's uh, we see our brother or sister in sin or going through a struggle or whatnot. May that be a time that we can extend grace to our brother or sister. But not only that, may that be a time that it shows as an example, as an expression, a reminder to us of the grace that God has already given us, that he regularly bestows upon us, right? So in that expression of us extending grace to each other, may we see that as ultimately what Christ does for us. And so with that, uh, I am going to turn it over to my uh, brother, Elder uh, John, to talk more about the details of the survey. Double duty, sound and elder. 
Thanks. Um, so yeah, thank you, Eric, for that. Uh, really helpful groundwork for all that I'm about to talk about. And I just want to double down on that and just say, you know, we have a lot of diversity in background and in personality in this church. Not a lot of ethnic diversity. We need to work on that. But in terms of like, we have probably former Catholics here and former Baptists and Lutherans. And I, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, probably not too many Presbyterians. And that, that shapes our expectations around church. It shapes our practices. It shapes uh, it shapes our expectations. And so we saw a lot of that in those surveys. We saw a lot of expectations that are good things. They're fine things. They're not bad. There's no good and bad here. We're just talking about differences. And so what we're asking for as elders a little bit here is, you know, we did identify some common ground, some places where there, there is a fair amount of agreement on things that we are doing well or things that we need to do better in. And there was a lot of areas where it's like, drums loud, drums quiet. We can't do both of those things, right? Those are mutually exclusive things. And so one of the things that I hope that you come away with is for the sake of unity, that theme that hopefully you noticed in the the songs that we sang today and the theme that will be in a lot of what we talk about, for the sake of that unity and for sake of being together in one body with those different diversity and with those different expectations, can you extend the grace to realize that song that you really don't like may be the favorite song of the person right behind you? Or, you know, there's a reason why there's four of us up here doing this. Some of you probably really resonate with the way I think and present things, and others do not at all. (laughs) You may hear from Eric a lot better and follow Eric much better. You may follow Darren much better. So we have four of us up here talking in hopes that some of what we say will resonate with you and will stick with you. So we're offering different things to different people and recognize that the thing that does completely misses you, it doesn't hit work for you at all, may be exactly what the person next to you needs to hear. So with that background, I want to just uh, read Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and 11 through 16. That's me, I think. Here we are. That's kind of small. Uh, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So that's kind of what I just said, but it, Paul said it better, right? You know, we need to bring bringing humility and gentleness and bearing with one another in those places where we don't have that unity, where we have differences. And then uh, he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Our, if we're going to grow as a church, we're going to grow together by maturing in our faith, by maturing in those areas, by giving grace to the people who are, have differences with us. So that's the foundation we want to build on. So let me talk about what some of those standout results were. So number one, the number one result we got when we scored it was, I feel welcome. Remember, we did this as statements, and you were agree or disagree or strongly agree, strongly disagree or neutral. Well, the thing that people strongly agreed about the most was, I feel welcome. And that's incredibly gratifying to hear, because we think 
we believe that's the strength of this church, right? We do a wonderful job of welcoming people, making them feel like they're part of this body. That's long been something that we felt was a strength, and you told us it was. And that was true no matter if we looked at people who were members or not members, and we sliced and diced the data in all kinds of nerdy ways that I like. So we looked at people who were like had been here a long time and people who were recent, people who were really deeply engaged and people who were less engaged. Everybody said that was their number one thing. So praise the Lord for that. On the flip side, we've discovered we have a lot of ways we can improve our Sunday services. So there were, the feedback on Sunday morning, there were some common themes, and you'll see what those themes are as, as we tell you what we're doing about it. Uh, we scored really high in people understanding why we value local and global outreach, which of course is tremendously gratifying for me personally, because those are two of my p- most favorite areas to talk about. So you seem to understand why we do local outreach, why we do global outreach, why we took uh, some of our best people in the longs and sent them off to Thailand. You get it. You understand why we're doing it, why we value that, and why it's important to us. So really happy to see that that was true. With respect to our mission, we scored high in pursuing God. You believe that we're doing a good job with that. We scored low on preparing people. We have work to do there. We have opportunities to do better when it comes to how we are discipling people in the faith and helping them to grow in their sanctification and in in their maturity and following the Lord. So we know we have some work to do, and we're going to work on that. We got mostly good reviews for proclaiming Christ, which was, frankly, I will speak for myself, was a little surprising to me until I started reading the comments, and I realized that people were staying high on proclaiming Christ because, and this is the good news, Jesus is in everything we talk about here. Nathan does a phenomenal job of bringing the gospel into every sermon, whether we're Old Testament or topical, whatever. Jesus is proclaimed here. So from that perspective, yes, I understand why we scored well. From an evangelism perspective, we're not quite as good, right? We don't see a ton of new believers coming here, and we're not seeing lots of new believers being baptized. We have work to do there. And so we need to proclaim Christ outside these walls better than we're doing, but what, as far as proclaiming Christ inside these walls, we're doing a good job with that. That's what you told us. So um, we have a lot of people who have considered going to a different church in the past year. We asked about that. We said, have you considered that? And a lot of people said, yes, they had. Um, that was sad for us, concerning for us, not a huge surprise because there are people who are no longer here that were here you know, six months ago and a year ago. So we knew that that was out there. And uh, so we know that that's a continuing issue. So we take that really seriously. We want people to feel comfortable here. Um, and then there were quite a few areas with really deep disagreements. So when it comes to Awana, when it comes to youth ministry, when it comes to AECs, and when it comes to Life Together groups, there were portions of our population that love them, and there were portions of our population that don't. So those are hard areas, right? Because those are the places where, what are we going to do about that? You know, do you make a change that winds up making half the people happy, but then you've now alienated the other half? So those are the places where we have some of the hardest decisions to make and hardest things in the future, is what are we going to do in those particular areas? And so the work there is ongoing. Let me tell you a couple of things that we as a leadership team are committed to. So number one, deacon board. You've heard about this. This was one of the things that came out of our time as, you know, in the retreat. The, the idea was germinating already, but we discussed it at length at the retreat. We feel strongly that the Lord's calling us to create a deacon board. And partly because there's a lot to do, 
and there's more to do than us as elders can do. Um, secondly, it's a great opportunity for leadership development to engage people in serving and in leading. So we have this opportunity. We're inviting people to make your nominations. That's still open through the end of the month, so a few more days left. Um, to submit nominations for that. It's an opportunity to, to serve and to grow. We think it'll be a great way to build up future leaders through that and to meet some practical needs for the church that frees up, ultimately frees up the elder board to focus more on shepherding, that kind of preparing people and addressing some of these other things that we know are needs. So we're excited about getting that going in the next coming few weeks and months. Number two, local outreach. We need to do more. We need to be better engaged, especially with the community that we're in. So two things that are in the works. Uh, number one, we're planning an outreach event at Easter. That's going to be communicated widely to the surrounding neighborhood. So you'll be hearing more about that coming up. Um, where plans are in the works, it's not finalized yet, but we're planning to offer Financial Peace University um, at this church and promoted outside of the church for our community. Um, and we're going to do it in the spring, and we're going to do it on a not Wednesday night. I don't know what night, but it won't be Wednesday, because all of the FPUs that are offered around Rochester are offered on Wednesday night. So we need to offer it at a different time in order to be able to get that, you know, to meet a need that's there. And so those are two ways, you know, and it's going to be key on how we communicate these things, the extent to which we're willing uh, and committed to communicating that to the people around us and offer some things that have value that they'll want to come to. Training and equipping, oops, I'm behind. Training and equipping leaders. So one of the things that's happening, it's, Mar it's the first Sunday in March, I think it's the 5th, we're offering a training and fellowship time for our Life Together group leaders. We think that Life Together groups are crucial for building relationships in the church. They're a crucial way of shepherding our leaders, shepherding the members of those Life Together groups. And so we want to do a better job of engaging with those people and training them up. And so Joel and Jim and I are meeting, and we kind of have a plan for how, what we want to do during that time, and we have a bunch of people signed up for it. So um, goal to better shepherd the members of the body, um, sharing the responsibility with more people who are equipped to do so. And then Berean Leaders Fellowship. This is not a new thing. This has been going on since August of 2021. Um, but m many of you may not know about it. So about a year and a half ago, we started doing a monthly meeting for people who have leadership responsibility in this church, whether they're Life Together group leaders, leading like in children's ministry, leading in some of the service ministries as well. Um, so we invite everybody that has that sort of a role monthly to get together. There's about 25 of us or 30 of us in any given uh, time that meet together. We have a time of teaching and a time of fellowship. We try to have a little bit of fun together because there's a burden to leadership, so we want to fellowship with one another and care for one another and then equip each other. And so those meet, we, we, we take December off and we take the summer off, but we're meeting consistently in the fall and in the winter and spring. And so that's been happening for a year and a half, and that will continue. Sunday morning. Again, that was an area where we got a lot of feedback. So here are some of the things that we're doing. So we're going to bring some new songs into the worship rotation. Some of them will be hymns. Some of them may be new renditions of old hymns. And we try to get the new people and the hymn people at the same time. And it will be some new songs. Um, 
We sang a song a couple weeks ago by Pat Barrett that I suggested and that none of you seem to have known. <laughs> so um, we're going to try it. That one also turned out to be really high in the register, so I'm not sure we'll ever sing it again. I was singing it, and it was like, wow, this is hard to sing. So there will be some missteps along the way. There may be some real duds, and they never see the light of day again, but we're going to try to bring some new stuff in uh, because some of you asked for that. So we're going to try to do that. Um, we're going to ask Nathan to lead worship more often. If you haven't noticed, Nathan is an incredibly gifted worship leader. We don't want him to be up here doing that when he's also preaching. But when there are opportunities for other people to be up filling the pulpit and he doesn't have that responsibility, we're going to ask him to lead more often. So he does it like Father's Day and Christmas, and he does a phenomenal job. He's a tremendously gifted worship leader. So we'd love to see him do that a little more often, and he's agreed to do that, and we'll see when that happens. Uh, you may have noticed we have other people coming up and reading the Word. So that's a way to engage other people in the church in the delivery of the worship service, in being part of leading up here in the front. So there's a tremendous value in reading the Word. We didn't really intend to have everybody be standing. That just sort of happened, that everybody's been standing, which is great. Um, so that's something that we decided we wanted to do. So we're going to see circulate it's just sort of like, you know, Christmas time when we have different people doing the Advent. That's always special because you're seeing people up front that you may not know or you may not have seen before. So bringing more people in the congregation, in engaging them in the, that part of the worship service. We've already started that. We've, I think, done that three times already. So that will continue. By and large, we're not going to do many devotionals during elder prayer anymore. You know, that's been a thing. So you've been here before. Some of them got long. Um, we, ha we all have things to say as elders, um, and we love the opportunity. And some of us, when we get that mic, are like, all right, here's what's on my mind. Well, we're going to try to do more praying and less mini-devotionals. So there may be times, like what we're dealing with with uh, abortion and pro-life stuff, where we want to speak into that or announcements that we need to give that are elder-related. Um, but by and large, we're going to try to cut those out and shorten the service a little bit that way. Speaking of shortening the service, we have a digital clock in the back. This is a real big help. So I know that we've been going for 22 minutes already, and I'm over my time. Um, so I can't read that little one with the hands. Forget it. Like, none of us up here are going to be able to read that. So we got a digital clock. We literally decided we wanted that. Actually, Neil has it in the back of the youth room already, and we saw that. We were like, we need one. We need that. Because I'm always trying to surreptitiously fish my phone out and get that on because I need to make sure I'm not going over time. So we have a clock that will help us with that. And on a related note, well, so next two things. Fix the fuzzy image at the front. I never noticed a fuzzy image at the front, but apparently it was fuzzier. Maybe it's still it. Well, they went up there and they did some moving of cords or something, and apparently it's better. I never noticed it was a problem to begin with, but apparently some of you noticed that that was a problem, and I hope it is now less of a problem because they did something up there. So you spoke. We, we tried to listen. Uh, keep sermons to 35 minutes. We asked Nathan if we could try to keep them to 35 minutes, and the clock is there to help with that. And if you've noticed, he has. I don't know if you sit there with a stopwatch. I do sometimes. <laughs> and check. And he's been doing an excellent job. We have not had many services where we've gotten out past noon. So if you're one of the people that appreciated the shorter service, you're welcome. And if you're one of the people that thinks we should be here for an hour and a half, I'm very sorry. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, so 30 minutes, five minutes is now our goal. We've asked for everybody who's up here to think about broader application. 
that we want to have sermons that will be meaningful to you, whether you are a Christian for the last 50 years or you're a brand new Christian, whether if maybe you're a college student, maybe you're a child who's sitting in here, uh, whether you're single, whether you're married, we need to be thinking holistically about how do we offer messages that will hit everybody here. And of course, that's an impossible task, but we need to try. We need to try to bring application points that will hit everybody where they are. So that's something we're going to be intentional about, all of us who are up here. We've already started having elder availability after the service. We've really pitched that as if you want prayer, the elder who prays will always be in the back by that room to be available to pray with you, including today. Neil will be back there after the service. So far, no one has taken us up on that opportunity, so I don't know how long we'll offer that if nobody ever takes advantage of it, but it's there. We want to offer that We're there for prayer. If you have something you want to talk about, not a prayer request, but you just need to talk to an elder, we're there for that too. So come and hang out with us, please, sometime in the next month, or we may not do that anymore. We'll see. We used to do it. We stopped doing it. We're doing it again. And then lastly, the fifth Sunday, which this is a fifth Sunday, but this was too soon, so we're not doing it this Sunday. But the next fifth Sunday, which is April 29th, I think, we will not be having Children's Church Little Lambs Nursery. We're going to have all the kids in here. We will have a children's sermon during that time, probably by Neil most of the time, so we will have a way to engage. Some of you said you, you don't like having the kids separated and the women and the men separated, and you want to do more things together. So on the fifth Sunday, we're going to be together. We'll have everybody in here together. We'll offer a children's sermon, and uh, we'll have plenty of things in the back for them to color. So you have three months warning. If you have small children, you know it's coming. So that's something that people asked for, uh, and we're going to do that. And I think that's everything I had. Oh, nope, two more. Children's and youth ministries. Again, lots of competing ideas there. For starters, we just want to say we love the creativity that Caitlin and Neil are bringing into things. We love the special events. There are some amazing things happens in our children's ministry, and we're going to continue to work and try to figure out how do we address the concerns that are brought up and the other ideas while affirming all the good things that are already happened. That continues to be a work in progress, so stay tuned for that. And then finally, uh, finances. We asked you, have we been talking about this too much? Because we've been talking about it a lot in the fall. And you said, nope. So we're going to keep talking about it. Uh, we still need to. You know, you can see the numbers. We still will continue to address that. Um, we still need to get to a better and healthier spot than we are right now. So we'll continue to address that, and hopefully we don't get to the point where you're really tired of hearing about it. So, but we're grateful that you weren't at that point, at least in November. So um, with that, I am going to hand it over to Jim. Thank you, John. You know, if you ever want a painful job, you should follow Eric Alexson and John Downer. That would be, that's just not the easiest thing in the world. So, um, as I was thinking about my part here, I was reminded of, uh, I was helping out with softball coaching last spring with my daughter's team, and there was a drill that we did where uh, the pitcher would pitch a passed ball on purpose. And then we'd have a runner on third base who would try to get home before the catcher could get back there, get, get the ball picked up, and then the pitcher, of course, is coming home to cover, right? That, that's how you do that. So uh, the, the challenge here was that I was the guy on third base. And so 
every time that pitcher released that ball, I waited until it was for sure a passed ball, and then I ran as hard as I could make this ancient body go from third base to home plate. And we did it over and over and over, trying to get these girls to be faster at picking up that ball and making the flip to the pitcher. I was running. And I'd like to talk about a different kind of running. Would you turn to 1 Corinthians with me, if you've got your Bible? I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul is talking here about what he's willing to do to get the gospel of Christ into the hearts and the minds of people. So I'm at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And as I read through those verses, I see intentionality. I see singleness of purpose. And I want to ask all of us here at Berean Community Church how much we have embraced the singleness of purpose that we see in Jesus, in the apostles, in the apostle Paul, in all the other leaders of the early church, right? They saw incredible things that they wrote down for us, and then they took action on what they saw. And so for us here at BCC to be a healthy body, there's going to be a few actions that we're going to need to take. Right? And the first one is in the area of financial giving. And one of the things you should know is that I have no idea how much anyone out there in front of us gives. Right? I have no idea. I have data, but no data is connected to any individual person. And so we know that we have people who are giving a lot, financially. We have people who are giving some, and we have people who are giving none. And I would encourage you, go before the Lord and ask him if you are responding to him in the area of finances in the way that he wants. And I believe within this body, there are lots of people who are responding the way the Lord would like us to give to a local body. But there are others of us who are allowing those people to carry all of the burden themselves. And uh, if you are not giving at all, <laughs> I, I, don't have any, I don't have any pleasant way to say that. Um, if, if you're not giving at all, you're, you're allowing other people to do your work for you. And so I'd ask you to join everyone who gives to this body and uh, make, sure that, make sure that you're part of carrying, carrying the load around here as well. So there's, there's the financial piece. And then there's the serving piece, right? 
for a congregation of this size, it takes quite a bit to keep everything running. Now, I've been off the elder board for a number of years between 2007 and potentially today. And um, honestly, I had lost track of all the different ministries that happen in this local church. And every ministry that we're involved in requires human power empowered by the Spirit of God to do the ministry. And so, again, now we, we've got people who are serving. We've got people who are serving a little. Um, and then we've got some newer folks, right, who probably haven't found a place to plug in yet. But we want to get you plugged in. And if you've been here a while and you're deliberately choosing not to serve, again, I would ask the question, why? Why are you deliberately choosing not to serve in some capacity in the body of Christ? Because we need what God has given you. Whether you're a hand or a nose or an eye or a pancreas in the body. I don't know what the pancreas would do. But whatever, whatever it is that you are in the body of Christ, we need you to step up and be a part of what we're doing here. This is very important at this time in our history. And the last thing that I want to touch on in uh, my segment here is just to say prayer. That if nothing else, can you bow your head before the Father and can you lift up people and situations and opportunities and prayer requests in prayer? We have an opportunity to go before the God who owns the whole universe, who is the strength in our bones, who is the one who created the sunshine. You can't even look at the sun, but we know the one who created it. Right? And so just encouraging all of us to be faithful in prayer, that if you, if you do not have a habit of personal prayer, try starting today. And habits are hard to form. I know this. I'm just as human and just as broken as every other one of you. And I, I could write a book on the many ways that I have failed. And so, uh, but those three things keep standing out to me. Give, serve, pray. We need all of those things. And if we respond, if we respond with the heart attitude that Paul has in those verses where he says, I want to run like someone who's getting the prize. If we all run like someone who wants to get the prize, we will end up with a healthy body here. Darren's going to take it from here. Thanks, Jim. Hopefully that won't fall off there. So, you know, part of going through this process, you know, is really even been us having to go back, you know, starting at first principles and thinking, you know, what is the church? And I think, you know, what we see clearly in Scripture is that the church isn't a building, and it's not an organization, and it's not a set of programs. But the church in Scripture is a people, and it's a community that's been brought and is held together in Christ and through Christ. And that's what we see here, and that's what we're trying to, to work to establish. Yes, we can make improvements to things, but ultimately we want to be fostering that Christian community, serving God together alongside one another for, for those purposes. And, you know, like Ben read from, from Corinthians, you know, one of the Paul's favorite descriptions for, 
for the church is as a body, and a body made up of many members as we're all apart here. And like John read out of 1 Corinthians, or sorry, out of uh, Ephesians, that you know, the church as a body is to be being continually built up until all of us attain unity in the faith and fullness of the knowledge of Christ. And that in that, uh, also we need to be growing so that as a body, we're building each other up and building, growing in such a way that we're growing in love, as was written uh, in Ephesians. And so, you know, for each of us, we just kind of need to take a look at what are ways in which we can look to attend to our own individual growth, but also with that perspective of the growth of the body of Christ here at Berean and its local expression here. And, you know, so first and foremost, you know, of course that starts with our time alone pursuing God. We need to be continually feeding ourselves on the word and coming before him in prayer, as Jim has already mentioned. You know, as we spend that time in God's word and for ourselves, you know, reading, studying, meditating on the word, yes, God is going to work on us. The word and the spirit are working to grow us in our own personal understanding and leading us towards that sanctification for ourselves. But also in that time, God is really preparing us and equipping us so that when we come back together as a body, that we can be used by him to really share his word and even his gospel in love and in truth with one another in community. Our brothers and sisters in Christ need to hear that too. And of course, being able to take that beyond these walls, as has already been mentioned, and outreach to the lost who really need to hear that. And in prayer, of course, we need to be continually seeking God's will and his provision and his protection uh, and his forgiveness in our own lives. But also as a body, there's a responsibility for us to be lifting one another up before the Lord. And really, you know, we're obviously not going to go through a checklist of the directory and make sure we prayed for every individual each day. That's not what we're talking about. But within our own sphere within the church, there's people around us that God is calling and putting on our hearts to bring them before his throne of grace and lift them up. And as we continue to do that, we are going to see God's faithfulness and his answer to prayer. And we're also going to learn to see and love one another more than the way that Christ sees and loves them. And that's going to you know, just continue to build that unity within the body here and just continue to provide that fertile soil for God to do his work in and amongst us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you know, these times that we're spending alone pursuing God, of course they're vital for us as Christians, but he's also called us into to more than that. He's called us into a community. We're adopted into his family, and there's responsibilities and privileges that come with that. You know, one of the things that I've thought about over the last few years is, you know, we live at a time where we've, there's never been a greater abundance of Christian resources out there, whether it's, you know, the numerous books that we have available to us or all of the resources we have available instantly online to go and, you know, use for our, our pursuit of the Lord. But I think one of the things that has come out, you know, more in the last few years is those things are good, but they're not a substitute for community. And really, there's so much that is done in and amongst one another and in those times together. And that, that time that we're spending pursuing God alone is preparing us to, to love and serve one another again and ultimately to serve him when we're together in community. And so, you know, when we're in community together, that's where we're getting that opportunity to put into practice and to experience all of those one another's that we're reading about and studying in Scripture. And in that, in the blessing that God gives us to be able to gather together each week, 
and hopefully beyond our Sunday mornings together, we can live out those one another's and really experience the blessings that come from that and also be challenged by that in our walk and in our service to the Lord. And so, you know, if you're here at Berean and you're looking for some of that deeper uh, expression of community and you're not already, and I know many of you already are, but there are opportunities available that you can can look to try to establish some of that. So, you know, things like the Life Together groups that have already been mentioned. That's a wonderful way to to go deeper in the Word and go deeper into serving the Lord alongside one another. Also, the men's and women ministries, those are other opportunities, or even, you know, the, uh, the adult education offerings that we had this morning and those discussions there. Those can be wonderful times to come alongside one another and encourage one another and pursue the Lord together and also just pursue those intentional relationships with one another and just be to be built up personally, but also to contribute building one another up in the body uh, that we're reading about. And so the last thing I'm looking at the clock is, you know, what about Sunday mornings? Because of course our time on Sunday mornings are important. And obviously the most important part of that is we're here together to worship. Um, but within that, you know, one of the things is to realize that your presence here on Sunday morning is a blessing to others. And that's a physical presence, yes. And I'm seeing Dickie in the background. And, and you know, one of the things that he said several months ago, which has stuck in my mind, is this concept of a spiritual head nod. It may not even be someone that you have a specific conversation with that day, but seeing in their presence, uh, worshiping alongside you, can be a wonderful encouragement. And so that's one element of that. But also there's that element of, you know, as was read before, you know, we are all a part of this body that has been arranged by God as he has chosen. And each one of us has been gifted by God in ways to grow the body and to serve the body. And your presence and using those gifts is an amazing blessing to those around you. And it's something amazing for God to use for the development of his kingdom both here within these walls and then spreading out into the community around us. You know, but with that in mind, you know, we also want to recognize that, yeah, there will probably be mornings when maybe the worship or the sermon maybe doesn't resonate with you so much that day. But, you know, also we need to recognize that in those moments, God may be speaking very powerfully to your brother and sister elsewhere in the room and find grace in those moments too. And the last thing I was going to mention is really just remembering that we're all works in progress here. And, you know, that, that's a powerful thing to remember um, and part of that is, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out. And you don't have to have your life all put together to be here and to worship and to be built up in the body and to serve in the body. Right? God will use you where you're at, and he will continue to equip you for those things and grow you in those ways. And so that's an important thing for us to remember. And really, you know, out of coming out of this retreat, you know, part of that heart is really to establish that true worship of the Lord here on Sunday mornings, of course, and the true preaching of his word and preparing to take that out to the community and the nations around us, but also building in that true authentic community of Christian life that we have offered and it is an amazing blessing and privilege to us here and so that we can just be real with one another in our brokenness and find grace in those relationships. And when we look out uh, here, it's not often we're standing up here for this long, but, you know, it's just an encouragement to look around and see the ways in which God is working in the people here and through you and amongst you and just how he's using that for the growth of his kingdom right here at Berean. And it's just an amazing blessing to be a part of that. And I'm just encouraged to think about, 
you know, how the Lord is going to, to use this body in the coming year and in the years beyond that. And really with our focus on him, you know, ultimately we want to be glorifying him in everything that we do. And we'll try our best. And as has already been said, we'll make mistakes from time to time. But that's uh, a part of where we're at. And we can always rely on that wonderful promise. You know, God will finish what he has started. And he is at work here. And so that's an amazing encouragement to us. So I think at this point, uh, we're going to invite Bobby and the worship team back up to close us in a final song. And maybe as I walk up, I'll just uh, offer a short prayer for us. So Father God, we just thank you for just your amazing uh, love and grace towards us uh, and your patience with us. We thank you for the privilege we have gathering here freely and just to, to give worship and glory to you on a Sunday morning. Lord, thank you for the ways that you're working here uh, in this body. Thank you for your promise to continually grow us and develop us and progress us along that, that path of sanctification. And Lord, I just pray you know, for us as leaders that we would continue to, to be attentive to your word and your leading and just obedient in, in following you in those things. And just thank you for this opportunity this morning to just uh, share some of the ways in which you are working out of these survey results and just pray for... Uh, what you are going to do in using these things in the body going forward. And just thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.